Hello. Hello, Merlin. How are you doing today? <laughs> Good morning, Dan. Good I'm, morning. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing all right. You know? Yeah. I'm doing all right. I can complain, I but who'd listen? I mean, is there something that... I hope so. Can I offer my skills or services? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I had a... I was just... It, it occurs to me that I, I had a friend in college... Uh, well, I was close. I was closer to one guy than the other, but these two, two friends of mine who were roommates, John and Chris, I was very close to Chris and, and friends with John. And, uh, Chris used to get a little frustrated with John sometimes because John's, whenever John would take a shower in their shared, uh, bathroom, he would use lots and lots and lots of towels and, and, uh, you know, sometimes hang them up, but a lot of times just leave them sort of draped around like, you know, like Chris was going to be his mom or something. But but at one point, Chris, you know, in a polite way, was like, hey, John, what's the deal with um, you, you and the towels? Is that something you could work on? And John says, well, I have to use those towels because I get wetter than other people. <laughs> and, I mean, how do you quantify that? And I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Chris. I feel like if you it, say it, it makes it true. It feels true. It feels true. And, uh, you know, Chris had studied some physics, so I think he probably, you know, rolled out, you know, a chalkboard and probably did some uh, quick math, did the maths on that. But, you know, it was John's contention in, in a, I, it was hard to tell sometimes with John, you know, like everybody at that school but me, he was really smart. And, you know, he had a pretty dry sense of humor, uh, which is ironic, given that he gets wetter than other people. But uh, I thought of that this morning as I, as, I, as I walked into my private office here in San Francisco. Yeah, I love and that I sat, place. I sat down in my office and... Um, Are you still offering was, tours and stuff? You used to do the weekly, the weekly tours, the group tours? And in a move, it felt like it was almost out of like some kind of modern-day Buster Keaton movie. I sat down, put my, put my bottom in my chair, and ka Every single nano leaf fell off no. the wall. Yeah. That's at least the third time. With three different adhesives. What and, adhesives are you using? 3M? Well, that's, that's, this, is, this is our concern, dude. This is, this is where I wonder if my wall is a little like John. And, and if John, it can be stipulated, was a, uh, a suburban uh, Pennsylvania jazz fan who um, also was wetter than other people, is it possible that the wall upon which I stick my nano leaves, don't say leaves, uh-huh. it's like maple, it's like the Canadian uh, hockey team, or as you say, football. Um, and, uh, anyway, and then leaves all fell off the wall and they're on their third kind. And I wonder if I'm not saying my wall is wet. I mean, it's like, it's like calling yourself a thought leader or a poet, you know, it's something only other people can do. You can't call In yourself this instance, a poet. I mean, you can, if you publish you a book of poetry, can you call yeah. yourself a poet at that stage? I say yes. I guess so. Uh, something I used to run into and I, please don't, don't let's forget that, that, uh, we have to talk about my wet walls. Um, I'm not saying they're wet, but I'm saying that like, they're, like or as, they're, they're you know, a simile for John title. And it's J-O-N, <laughs> by the way. Um, that just makes it trickier. I, well, I, I like it. Uh, m- my daughter's pointed out that I have to get way better about saying more than just the name John when I'm trying to attribute something. Because then she tries to associate with which John I mean, because I know a surpassing number of Johns. In this case, John with that's John John No H. So you know, I forgot what I said. But I did think you ever correct him on that? Let him know that it's spelled wrong. No, I think people should call themselves whatever they want, as long as they agree to never talk about their sexual intercourse. I'd rather hear about your bowel movements, if I'm being honest. Because of the jealousy um, of the bowel movements, or well, I traveled a lot, so <laughs> sometimes 
it, it takes on a darker aspect, my, my dark materials. I, I've noticed when I travel, and I think that might be the quality of the water, which in San Francisco is admittedly a little bit wetter, much like a poet or a wall. And so that's the thing that I'm, that I'm dealing with. What were we talking about before? Before you wanted to talk about poop, what were we talking about? Uh, I mean, I always no, want to talk something. about that, Merlin. So something I, was slipping in. Somebody was slipping in the side hatch there. What were we, what were we talking about? That was actually almost a thing. Travel. You travel. keep talking about poop and my my nano leafs. Your your TikTok, uh, John. Channel. My TikTok. Uh, let's see. You know, I was rewatching the uh, Milos Forman uh, 1975 film um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest the other night, oh, and, and so I could not for the life of me because I didn't want to look it up. I'm, I'm trying to not always look things up. So please don't don't act smart, you the listener. Hello, I love you. Please don't act smart by going, hey, so this is no, this has got to be off the dome. And there's a, a mother goose. Do you remember what that title comes from? The title of the book? Uh, I don't. It's from a mother goose. I don't know, Merlin. Uh, it's not, the, I love how, this is for the audience. This is the kind what? of consideration and respect mm-hmm. that Merlin gives his friends. What? He doesn't say, did you know? Because I think I never knew that. But you're like, do you remember? Because well, no, like, you're know. giving me so much credit for knowing something that I have never even, so, like, I had no idea. So if I said hickory dickory doc, you'd know that that's, that's like a, a mother goose. Yeah. It's a mother, yes. It's a mother goose. Yeah. A mother goose what? <laughs> I don't know. A mother goose, uh, it's not a fable. It's, it's not a, a mythos. Fable, right? No, yeah. it's a quatrain. <laughs> Uh, Quatrain. Nostromus did that. Nostromus did that. Nostromus used to write the Quatrains, didn't he? I remember. That's how they named that flying flying submarine after him. What terrifying uh, HBO show where man Get your hands off her, you bitch. Man eater. Oh, Red Shoe Diaries. (laughs) Wet walls. So, (laughs) Mom, what was I talking about? Um, Travel. Bell movements. Oh yeah. So all, all I could remember, so I was watching it, and, and if, if if you must know, I also did watch The Shining. Um, I posted a screen grab of uh, one of your uh, one of your uh, monologues. He's pursuing Wendy up the steps. Yes, that's and asking a good her, one. asking her a series of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, if memory serves, it's from a mother goose. And all I can remember is the 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 uh, p- p- the, the penultimate titular uh, penultimate last two lines. One flew east, one flew west, one flew. <laughs> so <up>. what? <laughs> oh, that's funny! It never occurred to me. Oh, you get a thing for that. You get a little one. One flew east, one flew west, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. That's oh. that's how the mother goose ends. I had no. And idea. And so I guess I'll fold my tent at this juncture and go ahead and look it up. <sighs> I hate this. Did you read the book everything. by any chance? One flew over the cuckoo's nope. nest. Nope. I've not. I've not read it. I've read No Kesey. I don't think. Hello. No. I Ken Kesey wrote it, didn't he? You've gone very quiet. Oh wait, wait. It, You're back. It muted. And I know it. The stupid. <laughs> no, I'm Skype leaving mu- it. I'm not even taking this show. Will never air. So I'm leaving. <laughs> hmm. So anyway, I'm folding my tent, and I'm. I'm. I'm sorry. I muted myself. One. Flew <laughs> east. One flew. W- They're calling it a nursery rhyme. I guess it's not a mother goose. Uh, oh gosh, I don't know if this is racist. I should not go in cold here. Uh, let's see. You didn't write it. It's tingle, fine to tingle, say. tangle toes. She's a good fisherman. Catches. What the hell is this? That's not a. This is some kind of like a Mexican Bible. 
My goodness. Um, one flew east. What's up with the is it William? You know, I don't like any of this stuff. Listen, I already have an aversion to a lot of of folk child things. Right? It's I, I there's a lot of like mother goose things and fairy tales things and clowns. There's a lot of things that people have been trying to convince us children like or are somehow child adjacent. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think you should keep a clown away from a child. I think anybody who puts a child near a clown I don't know. There should at least be some kind of basic like papers filed. Now I'm not saying they have to like go like to clown to clown jail or clown attentiary, but my goodness me! But and then you say these terrible things. You've got you talk about the Hansel and the Gretel, the Hansel and the Gretel, as read by Bill Cosby. You got mm. the Hansel and the Gretel, and um, you know, and that's a horrible story. So I was talking about I was talking about as I was watching The Shining. And you'll appreciate this because this is Hansel and Gretel adjacent. I was, uh, what did I say on the internet? And this, this tweet will be gone in a couple of days, so please don't look for it. Um, what did I say here? I was watching The Shining. Oh, and I said something about the maze. You get it, Dan? Mazes, mirrors, doors. Are you getting this, people? Um, maze, maze, maze. Uh-huh. Oh, I hear now, now. This occurred to me. Okay, this actually did occur to me as I was watching it. Do you remember when it's still daylight out and Wendy and Doc um, is be- shot so beautifully? Um, they go outside and they're going to go like you know do the maze. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, I know your guy from the internet has a lot of thoughts about this. There's the miniature <laughs> of the maze. There's the the. But the, isn't there? Isn't part of the, your your guy from the internet? Isn't part of his bit that the the each depiction of the maze is inaccurate except for the maze itself. Yeah, because if you look at the model, the model Doesn't of the match. maze that, that Jack stares down into does not exactly line up. And it, I right. think like the model shows multiple entrances, but in the actual maze, there's only one. And there's That's lots of inconsistencies. You. And I don't... I wouldn't try to memorize it, but yeah. I mean, I have, but I don't think it's a worthy okay. expenditure okay. of time. No, you, but the thing is, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, you, you uh, prepare for the maze you want, not the one you have. Um, here's what I said on August 21st. Uh, it says, solving a maze. This, I wrote this. I wrote this on the internet. Solving a maze is only half your problem, because then you have to solve it again just to get out. H- hashtag the, sh- the Shining Life Hacks. Uh, hashtag must credit Merlin. Do you ever think about that? When you solve a maze, you're only halfway done? You ever think about that? Because uh, you got to get back out? You've got to get back out. You've, you've, you, you think you solved the maze. Dan, Dan, Dan uh, this is maybe not on the level of my friend John gets wetter than other people, John No H., this is, this is some pretty high-level stuff if you think about it. This applies to a lot of life. And I like you think about it. Because once you get in, you think, you're, oh, let's go have some fun. Let's go solve the maze. And I don't know if you've ever done this with one of those goddamn corn mazes. I don't know who comes up with that stuff. It's some real Mike Myers kind of stuff. I think mazes Myers? exist to make you feel stupid. Oh, my God. Yes. Like so many things. Facebook commercials, mazes. Um... Skyman Crothers, I love the way he says toast. Can't do it. To- toast. He's got, I mean, he's... How'd you like some ice cream, Doc? You know, he comes <laughs> from like a whole different... I One of the things that I do comes when from I watch Miami, movies, if memory especially serves. when I like show them to my um, son, like I watch movies with him. We've actually you been going you, But through... you don't show him The Shining. Oh, he's seen, he's seen The Shining. Did we talk about this? Yeah, hey, he's seen about. Room 237. Yeah, he's seen. Did but, you notice there's no toilet paper in there? I'll check. 
Um, no, the green ba- the bathroom with the lady in it. There's no. That's the thing. This is this is now. This feels very Kubrick. I'm going to become the internet expert on this. Okay. You look in that bathroom. You see this pretty lady in the in the shower tub area, right? But you look over to our left, and there's no toilet paper by the toilet. You know what I'm saying? I mean, is talk, it an oversight? An is it intentional? State. Does it make a statement? Well, it's, 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 no, as you know, Kubrick has never, ever, ever had anything in any of his films, not even for a frame that wasn't supposed to be there. No, every exactly frame is analyzed. At, yeah. at, I mean, in, why would there be an interior window? We've just walked through. We've seen, like, you got the Colorado <laughs> room. Why would, okay, why would there be an interior window? Oh, God, I love that scene. With, with him and the other guy. And the other guy in the office. Oh mm-hmm. my god, I love that scene. And the other guy's a creep. The other guy barely says anything. He just stares. He reminds around. me of the guy who's not Harrison Ford Frank in that Oz. scene. In a, Frank Oz is seen in Apocalypse Now, where they're briefing the hungover uh, oh, yeah. Martin Sheen. He says, "You know, exterminate, exterminate with extreme prejudice." Remember Harrison Ford's in that scene? And that scene famously ha- was shot originally with I don't know Harvey Keitel or somebody. Whoever was the original. Who was, oh, maybe it was Eric Stoltz. <laughs> or am I thinking of Back to the Future? That's Back to the Future. There, but there was an original Martin Sheen before Martin Sheen, you know, like you bring the mountain to Muhammad. And then, but they had to like, I think they had to like cut in the scenes with him. And remember how hungover he is and they're serving the shrimp and the disgusting looking seafood? Apocalypse Now. It's a good It's a film. very good movie. What was, what was my point? I want to talk about my wall. And uh, what else was I talking about? Um, oh, yeah, The Shining. Yeah. I guess Mother Goose, nursery rhyme. Keep, keep, listen, listen, we've only been doing this for a few minutes, but it's probably a good point. At this juncture, just take a little break and say, let's, let's talk about what we know so far. If you can minimize the water you drink on the road, you know, keep it, keep it light and bright and tight is what I'm saying. You don't, if it's, if it's brown, flush it down, unless it's Rhode Island, and then keep it highland. And also the wall can be wet. The jasmine is moist. Uh, 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 Doc would like some ice cream. Scatman Carruthers, amazing taste in art. But he, he would have he would have large uh, large women that, on. That was the part you know you would on think, opposite sides on opposite sides of the room. No matter how you look, the, it's like the eyes follow you. Except in this case, your eyes follow the boobs because they're everywhere. Like the you Mona Lisa, would think a lot of people that say. like the most shocking parts of the movie would be the murders or the fear or the um, you know the the bear. The but sisters, to yeah, or the sisters, but to my son, that that those scenes with the artwork, I think scarred him the most. Well, you know, you could take the boy out of Florida, but you can't take the Florida out of the boy. It's true. It is true. These are facts. Um, Miami, Miami just keeps coming up. I was watching that HBO movie with Wolverine. Oh, um, I, you know, I was started that uh, the other night, but um, yeah, I couldn't really get. I mean, it was it's beautiful. I love the cast. But I, I mean, like the second you see, oh, the beautiful woman from Mission Impossible. Is her name Rebecca Ferguson? I want to say. But you know the woman on the motorcycle in MI. Yeah, uh, who's, yeah, yeah. Who's the femme? Well, she walks on screen, and my wife and I both just look at each other and go, "Femme fatale." It's like it's like, oh my god, this feel obviously. Is this going to be fun, a fun take on a noirish twist? And how will it navigate a future noir without being Blade Runner and? I got as far as the t- little twist. Did you get to the twist? No, I didn't even get to the twist. Reminiscence is the name of it, right? Yeah, sorry, Reminiscence. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, it's, uh, it looks expensive, as people say. Because it's, um, I mean, it's no spoiler, because you get this in the first scene. There's water right up to the edge of the New York. 
Well, Miami, but uh, and he works in a bank with uh, with uh, with. Did you say Thandy? Thandy Newton. Uh, Reminiscence is is uh, done by the person who co-created Westworld, right? And so it's got Clementine, yeah. and uh, and Thandy Newton. You know, it's a great cast, uh, but it's a you know it's a very uh, terrifying and interesting idea that we should all be thinking about, which is that cities like in the movie anyway, and in real life, cities like Miami and New Orleans um, are going to have a tough road to hoe as the climate continues to change. Right. I mean, if if memory serves, New Orleans is literally below sea level. It's just those levees that, you know, keep the water out. Right. But in that, there's a wonderful opening shot that looks looks very expensive. I, you know, I, I, I don't mean to be all Joe uh, Rosenstiel here. I, I, uh, I, I think it's a beautiful effect. I think the way the lights turn on in the different buildings is a little distracting. That's fine. But you, now, the thing is, there's been wars. There's right. water wars. War and now, out. because... Because of climate change, yeah, now basically Miami is kind of like, you know, less dirty Venice. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. you got to, but, but then what's strange is the water goes right up to that dam in like where the nice buildings are. And then why is Wolverine's bank, why is the crappy part of town not underwater? That didn't make sense to me. Is it because the dam makes it a dangerous place to live, I guess? Maybe. Anyway, it's very Philip K. Dick. Yeah, Pardon I thought saying. that immediately. That's funny that you oh, mentioned that. Of course. That. It's like uh, from all different angles. Yeah. It's very Philip K. Dick, especially Philip K. Dick movie adaptation uh, influenced. But um, yeah, yeah. And so basically this, this uh, it's along the lines, God, it's so funny. It's somewhere between Total Recall and uh, Minority Report, both of which are Philip K. Dick stories, um, where basically this thing that was originally used for interrogation, it can help, it will basically, with the right person operating it, can help make you re-experience memories. And in this right. case, it's used as a way to for people who are you know sad about the past to like relive happy moments from life. And then they keep it all in a bank vault, which I thought was a cool move. Anyway, I don't know. It looked okay, but then we just ended up watching Community, which is what we do a lot now. Yeah. Um, John gets wet. I don't know if we have any sponsors this week, but can, can I ask you to do something for me? Sure, I would love to. Uh, would you please do... tell our listeners about uh, about the fire? Uh, what's it called the Fireshine Theater? About oh. the fire. Fi- tell tell <laughs> them about tell them about your podcasting service, please. Well, thank you for uh, for asking. You can go to Fireside because I'm a satisfied customer, and I, and I expect a kickback for this. Well, okay. Um, fireside.fm is where you're going to go for that. It is a podcast hosting platform uh, that I built in 2015 and launched in 2016. Uh, it is, um, where I spend most of my time like working when I'm not sitting here with you, Merlin, I'm, uh, I'm doing stuff with fireside, trying to make it as good as it could be. There are lots of, I guess, podcast hosting platforms out there. I tried to make fireside the culmination of everything that I've learned from podcasting for like 15 years and working with people like Merlin who would say, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if it did this? And then I'll go and like build the feature into it. So it's, um, a labor of love, but also like the main focus for me. And, um, you know, we should give people a discount if they want to try it. Like I should do something like crazy, like two months, three months for how much, what percentage off should I do? I'm not, I am not getting involved in this. Cause that, that sounds like, I mean, Dan, you should probably put a marker here. I think that's going to be financially ruinous for mm. you to offer that much for you to offer that long. Three months. You know what I'm saying? Three months. Okay. okay. 30% off. 33% if off. If you add that up, that's just under 100% off. 
that if, well, my, if my like maths are right, mind. if my yeah. maths are right, you're you're taking a bath here and not in a in a wholesome jasmine way, right? That's that, Dan. Are you sure you want to do that? What's your very special offer code for that kind of be? I think it should be um, Merlin M E R L I N twenty twenty one. Whoa, oh, Merlin twenty twenty one. That's what it's going right. to be. Fine, okay, whatever. <laughs> so go there, sign up. You'll get that discount. There's three different get it. plans. Almost one hundred percent off. There's a Still starter beautiful. plan. Which is like, uh, you know, you have a really small podcast, you're just getting started. The standard one is the one I recommend if you're already a pro, use a pro plan. And you know, there's something I, I have kept on like the super DL, which is that uh, we actually have Patreon integration. So if you mm-hmm. have like patrons who are giving you money, you don't have to like go to Patreon and upload the file into their black hole. So you have no idea what your <laughs> stats are, anything you can release it on fireside and just tag it as a little drop down that lets you pick which tier it should be available to and all of that. So that's, that's fully integrated. I don't talk about that enough, but it's there. So if that's interesting to you, go, go check I, it out. I, I don't love, I have to use Patreon for another program I do or I'm associated with. And um, I don't love dealing with it. I, I don't find it intuitive. Uh, and I don't, I'm not trying to slag the, I don't. I don't think they're your competition, uh, but I'm not trying to slag a you know a, a independent business Pfft, makes millions of dollars, but um, <laughs> with its usurious fees. But uh, you know, there's a there is a thing that happens in in the world of let's just say in general. You you said something earlier. I'm not sure I agree with. But there's lots of different options for this. I don't think there's that many options for this. There are precious few options that handle it as fully and well as Firesight does. And I, I, I currently use some other ones, some that were never built for that, others that were built specifically for that. And then in the case of something like Patreon, like it solved this one problem for people. And then, of course, the network effect made it into practically, a you know, like it's like Google at this point. It's almost a, you know, uh, a verb. But right. it hasn't seen a lot of love. And like given the usurious fees, it's kind of crazy how how it's still it really feels like kind of a, not a beta, but it, it really does, it doesn't feel substantial. Your thing feels substantial. And I, I, you know, I haven't had occasion to use it as much lately. I'm still paying for it. But like, it's pretty wild. Like you've got stuff for, for guests and you've got stuff for sponsors. And like, you're not going to be able to run like a giant Brooklyn podcast collective out of this and then get acquired by Spotify, maybe. You, this may not be for an 80-person team. Maybe it is. But for some folks who are doing this, um, what I'm saying is that this will do you well if you are a pro podcaster. But even if you're just a budding pro podcaster, a lot of the features in here will come in handy. And uh, that's all I wanted to say about that. Did I damn anyone with faint praise, including you or the listener? Maybe I should have. No, I mean, it's perfect. Just get it right. Go get a podcast, you know? Fireside.fm, Merlin 2021. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Anyway, thanks very much to Fireside for oh, making this possible. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Oh, I what do I have? Very little. Um, I have uh, I have a, a, a couple of appish things. I got some things that I read. Uh, put a, put a, put a, what's what's funny? Put a new <laughs> it was hard a drive. Really good Mo from Simpsons. Uh, you're doing. Uh, <laughs> I'm a stupid moron. Or, 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 or Krusty the Clown. <laughs> Uh, no, that's. Uh, I almost swallowed some of the juice. Uh. <laughs> Boo hoo! You're breaking my heart. 
Um, like that program, I put uh, a new hard drive in my NAS. That's healing oh, right now. Very n- oh, that's something. You know, I wanted to talk to you about that. Write it down. Put it on the list. I br- I, I updated. What did I update to DSM-7 for? It oh, broke yeah. everything, text, and then I had to me get Docker. Okay, we could talk about that. Uh, Synology mm. DSM-7. And I did an- another amazing thing with the do- with the Synologies that I want to talk about. That's really cool. That's really cool. Are you writing cool. all this down, Dan? Nah. It's hard for me to talk. Okay, all right. Uh, so what I'm going to write down, I, I don't count on this to be super useful. Uh, Dan, colon, another thing with the Synology? Question mark? Yeah. I'm just really frustrated because when I got my Nano Leafs, that's all I want to say about this, is I used the included sticky that came with it, okay? And and I felt like a monkey with duct tape because the thing is, those the kind of sticky that comes with your Nano Leafs, and again, let's take it as red, I might have wet walls. But it's the kind of sticky where like, it doesn't really stick to anything except the things you don't want it to stick to, like itself. <laughs> yeah, right. So, like, the very first time they all fell off the wall, um, th- they were in a pile all stuck to each other because while they had absolutely no interest in being stuck to the wall, they're very interested in being stuck to everything else. Clatter, 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 clatter. Right. Next up, I tried some 3M. Now, these are not command strips. I tried some uh, big old, big-ass bag, big old, big-ass bag of uh, 3M uh, adhesive, uh, I say dots, but, like, they're bigger than a silver dollar. They're, they're big. Clang, clatter, boom, bang, <laughs> everything falls down. Oh, man. All right, so then I thought, this time, okay, this is the one that everybody says on all the fora that work well which is command strips. Now, this is not a problem. Because I'm already the, the plural of forums or forum? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I am totally gay bones for almost the entire line of command strip products. I like the sticky ones. I like, like the, uh, the, what do you call it? Lupin, Lupin I, uh, Professor Lupin, Hook and Loop, Hook and Loop, Hooky Loop, Hooky Lou. <laughs> Velcro. Is that racist? <sighs> Come on, Dan. You can't say Velcro? Oh, because it's a brand? If you imply there's a silent H, maybe. <laughs> Velcro. I don't know. Anyways, um, but I love that. I use that stuff already. Now, that, that, those stayed up. And I sent you last week, you saw the pretty arrangement I made, where I was able to use all of my tiles and make something that I found aesthetic. In my arrangements of Nano Leafs, I, I like the ones where you got a, got a hexagon in the middle that makes kind of like a circle. And you know what I mean? Yeah. It looks kind of like some kind of weird acid dream. I really like that. Um, and these lasted, I want to say it was before my, uh, cursed, uh, trip to New England. So probably three weeks ago, mm. that's the longest they've stayed up. Now, Dan, you got Nano Leafs, right? No, I don't have those. Oh, I thought you got Nano Leafs. No, but Which I, mean, I kind of want them now. Well, anyway, Hey, you know what? This is a, this is a fool's errand. If anybody knows how to make a banana leaf stick to a wet wall, let me know. Why are the walls See, so wet? I mean, oh it, no, because of the analogy with John. But no, here's the truth. The truth is, I run a goddamn dehumidifier almost all the time that I am not uh, recording something. Okay. Right? So, like, even now, the dehumidifier has been off for probably a half hour, hour, and it's it's only fifty five percent here in the office. Whereas outside, it's probably eighty. So like it's it's not unusual. Dun, dun, dun. It's not unusual for my. Uh, oh, uh, please write down comma Eileen. Um, well, don't say it that way. You gotta include the comma. Come on, Eileen. Okay. 
It's not a request. It's an okay. Oxford thing. Well, it's a kind, well, it's a different kind of request. Mm, to Raye. Wow, that got really dark. Uh, I want to talk about. Wait, a what YouTube am I writing? Video. Never. Come on, comma Eileen. Poor old Johnny Ray sound of stand upon the radio. He moved a million hearts in mono. That song. Dun dun dun. dun yeah. No, dun, I got dun. it. I got it. We're good. Okay. Uh, and what had reminded me of that was saying that it's not unusual. Uh, not unusual. I was talking about humidity. I think uh, for for it to be you know very humid. And so uh, I forgot what I was going to say. The point being, if anything, my room is dry. Unlike my friend John the Jasmine, who who used all the towels. John with no uh, no H. Right. I don't know what's going on here. If any of you. Magnificent bastards! Uh, no, you know why am I even asking? The, this is oh, going to be such help. a small. They like when you it's ask a small questions. pie slice, Dan. Mm. I mean, there's like seven people who listen to the show. Of those seven people, like, what are the chances? What's that going to be? They're like fourteen, say fourteen ish percent. I'm not going to do the maths. Of those, like maybe one of them has had a nano leaves, and then they're, they're probably going to say something funny, you know? Oh yeah, like they'll have to make a joke about it. One of the best tweets. I saw uh, a month or more ago, but it, God, just, it was just one of those moments where your brain just opens up and your third eye goes, I see. Somebody said, <laughs> um, like, the premise of Twitter is that anything you say seriously will be taken as a joke, and anything you say as a joke will be taken seriously. That's so true. And I was like, oh, my God, it really is that simple. I, I think that's genius. That's the best description yeah. of Twitter maybe I've ever heard. Well, and good luck with uh, what, what John and I have come to call his January project. Like saying something that's kind, kind of true and kind of real and kind of not true and kind of not real. Like, good luck with that subtlety coming across. Yeah. 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 But I like you guys, mostly. Um, there's a good um, video series that I like on uh, YouTube. I'm sorry, I'm belching. I apologize. Um, and it is, I'm going to my history. I'm clicking. Look at that Steve Albini's posting stuff. That's kind of cool. Um, he shows you how to make a, uh, make a cabinet. Um, and, uh, oh, come on, Eileen. Oh, I swear, well, he, I watch a lot of YouTube, Dan. Uh-huh. Uh, it's something that really pleases me. Anyway, there's this really good series, um, on YouTube. Oh, yes. A new British Canon. Yes. New British Canon, uh, with, uh, well, I would say one end, but really two ends instead of three ends. Anyway, he talks about uh, bands and he does a real nice job. You know, a lot of times you can really, like, feel the limitations of YouTube. There's mm-hmm. a guy who seems really nice, but he seems really nice. But his YouTube channel is, <laughs> poor bastard, his YouTube channel is about mostly the Beatles in general, but the Beatles on vinyl specifically, right? So Beatles he does stuff. Vinyl. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a, I mean, he's certainly not alone there. It's not like nanophoners. No. There's a no. lot of Beatles folks that are very into vinyl. I think of bands where there's likely to be overflow, that's probably a pretty good one. Yeah. Beatles fans, vinyl fans. Okay, so like, for example, the first one of his that I watched, and if I'm being honest, the only one of his I watched, uh, was talking about something I'm very familiar with from a certain time, which is the, what I called the Blue Album and the Red Album. I thought that was very clever of me to call it the Blue Album and the Red Album, because yeah, there's an album called The Beatles that a lot of people call the White Album. But then they put out these two compilations, these two really good p- compilations in the early 70s of the sa- like a, a picture from the same. You ever seen the covers of these? You know what I'm talking about? The Red Album, the Blue Album? No. Um, I think it was EMI. It must have been EMI. Put out this album. Um, and it's got the photo the, from... A, 
Go, go look up Red Album, Blue Album, uh, Beatles. Point is, it's the same. There's a, a shot that from the Please Please Me sessions of them on a balcony, and they ex- almost exactly replicate it, except oh, in 1970. I see. So there's a, photo, there's a photo of them as the mop tops, and then a photo of them with John and his full-on heroin hippie, period. And they're really good compilations that a lot of us, like, you know, in my case, like, I first heard, weirdly, like, anything I hadn't heard on the radio it was what I heard on the radio. And then, like, basically, like, Abbey Road was the first Beatles album I got exposure to through my cousins. And then I was like, well, I just gobbled up the blue album and the red album. Red album would is, like, I think it's 62 to 66, probably, I want to say. And the, the blue album is... The point being... It says the, um, the blue album is 67 to 1970. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that's what the Wikipedia. And so this, says. so this, this poor bastard on YouTube who has a YouTube channel that's mostly about the Beatles on vinyl. Well, can you can you guess? Knowing that it's a YouTube channel, can you see anything that might be challenging about what he's trying to do here? You're ta- I'll give you a hint. Yeah, you can't generally play copyrighted music right in your video, and if you do. You will be, my understanding is you are, as they say, demonetized, but, you know, and, but, but even still, like you could just get a, you could get a strike, as they say, even for like a car passing by playing music that gets recorded. Like there's, it's very arbitrary and very weird. And like so many things involving Google, everything is, goes flawlessly until you fall on the wrong side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so this guy, he's going to do this challenge, the thing where he's, he's going to, he pulls out every copy of the blue album, and every copy of the red album that he's acquired over time. And he's going to do a sound comparison. Oh, of just like, oh, wow, that's mm-hmm. a huge project. A huge giant. Sure is. Now, now can, you, can you see where this might run? And given the information I shared with you uh, 60 seconds ago, can you see how this might run into a somewhat naughty situation or thorny yeah. situation? Yes. So we can't hear the music. Right. So he puts up like a waveform and then talks in terms of warmth. The shape by comparing the shapes? It's very. It, 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 I was just thinking about this. I was just thinking about this today with Song Exploder. I mean, I know, I know, uh, Rishke. I know he's like he's, he's he's a fancy lad and everything, but he must get some kind of super clearance to like you know. And now here's the commander thinks aloud in its entirety, and he, then he plays the song. I guess because he's working with the artist, and maybe the label is just happy to be on his very cool show. I don't know. It all feels very thorny to me. So anyway, new music, uh, what's called New British Canon, um, has an episode on Dexy's Midnight Runners, and in particular, obviously, you can guess, the song Come on Eileen. And again, we really need to keep that comma in there, people. Um, so, uh... <laughs> bump, bump, bump. Bum, 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 bum. Uh-huh. And he and and but it's really it's really good and and I happen to love that song and I happen to love Dexy's Midnight Runners. I think they are woefully underappreciated in the United States and I think it's a goddamn shame that they are considered as you say a one hit wonder because they've got mm-hmm. a lot of really good songs. Mm-hmm. And Two Ray Two Ray A um, is a really is actually a really good album and so is the uh, the uh, the one before that you know the nineteen eighty one with Gino is really good too. I'll put it in, I'll put it in show notes. Uh, and, oh, anyway, that's how I thought of uh, Tom Jones and It's Not Unusual, because he was talking about influences on the song, Come On, Eileen, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that includes things like, bump, ba-bump, it's not unusual to it, but... but you know what else? Uh, you, you, do you know the movie Rushmore? Of course I know the movie Rushmore. You, uh, the song Concrete, Concrete and the Clay? Yeah. 
you to me. Yeah. Hot just like thunder in the winter. Uh-huh, yeah, it has dum, a similar dum, vibe dum, to it, doesn't it? Dum, 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 yes. I'm going to put that in show notes. Dan, um, Were those um, in a similar time period? Were those around the same time? Concrete and the Clay, I'm going to put at probably 65. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not unusual. I don't know. I want to say 67. I always think of the John Mulaney bit, the Salt and Pepper Diner. That's a very funny bit. Uh, oh, so so Dan, you were going to tell people where they could find show notes for episode 543. 543. You go to backtowork.limo. Back to work program. Slash uh, 543. That's it. Okay. It's easy. Just like that. That's all they get it. I guess so. We could talk about your synology. Yeah, there's some cool stuff happening in the, and terrible stuff happening. Churches, Churches, synology. Churches has a new album coming out in a couple of days. That's exciting. Yeah. Did you see yeah. the uh, Spider-Man uh, trailer, the new trailer? Um, I, I looked at the very beginning of it and, um, then I, I didn't look at it anymore, You're but trying yeah, to go people in, seem pretty going cold. Mm, I don't have a thought. People, I just, everyone's so upset about everything these days. It's, is this because it's, you're it's dead really, inside or that you're not interested? No, I'm in the them? opposite of dead inside. Hmm. It's, um, it's really transcendent to, to, to step away from, um, this I'll save it for the show. No, I haven't. I heard Tobey Maguire's in it. Uh, I mean, not in the trailer that I saw, but I hear. Oh, that I thought they were saying that the three spiders men were all going to be coming back together. Is and, a, and there's that, an octopus doctor. Yes, that has been the rumor yeah. for a long time. Um, well, and that's that, that's that, cool. They've been Nicholas denying. Hammond would be nice too. You know, yeah. The kid from the sound of the sound of music that was in the seventies one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Are you excited about it? You like you're, you like Tom Holland? Uh, I mean, I think he's doing a great job as mm-hmm. uh, as a young. A young Spider-Man. I do too. I think he's uh, kind of a breath of fresh air. What was I going to say about something related to that? Oh yeah, I recently rewatched Scott Pilgrim. I recently rewatched. No, it wasn't Harley Quinn. Gosh, what was I watching the other night? Um, oh, oh, oh! Last night I was rewatching Tropic Thunder, and it's oh. like they're just there's. <laughs> oh my god, there's just certain movies out there that just make you love movies yeah. and the possibilities of movies again everybody out there i know there's a handful of you maybe 14 percent who are going "Ooh, tropic thunder isn't that problematic tell me the last time as an intelligent grown person you watched tropic thunder and you tell me how problematic it is it's like i know it's lazy and lame to be a white guy going well you don't get it because like of course people do get it but like even the scene where ben stiller's character is using the r word repeatedly it's I think there is a role. I mean, it's, this didn't die with Jonathan Swift, you guys. I still think that there is a role for showing stupid people being stupid and doing stupid things as a way to get us to think about whether or not we might be more stupid than we think. Right. And and sometimes not all blackface is blackface. And in this instance, if you can go watch that entire movie and get to the end and get the reveals about what's happening <laughs> with Robert Downey Jr.'s character... And you can call that the same thing as like minstrel shows. My God. Just the layers and layers about identity and storytelling in general. Oh my God. It's just, it's just such a good movie. But like that, Scott Pilgrim stuff like that, sometimes you just come across something and you're just like, man, I'm so glad movies exist. And remember that comma and come on, Eileen. Yeah, Did you, you want to talk about your you synology? Need it. You need it. You yeah, yeah, sure. sure. You sure do. Tell it's you all, all about it. Keeping the honest people honest. Yeah. Yeah. I was only, you know, following orders, the, the runners might say. You say, no, 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 you, you left out the comma. I say, what, what is this, feudal Japan? <laughs> Anyways, 
Um, what are they call it? <laughs> no, Bushido. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, Limp Biscuit. So you were saying, or possibly a wheat thin. You were saying? Uh, you got a synology. Now, on the one hand, you're bummed because there's been a uh, in beta for a pretty long time. Uh, so the, the, the basically the software that runs a Synology network attached drive yes. is uh, called the DSM. And that's that's the kind of OS. Right, now, sure. I guess technically the OS is some form of Unix, but... Tell, I'm sorry, I'm cutting into your story. Tell people what the hell's going on. What is, what is, what is the DSM and why do we care? Yeah, I mean, uh, the Synology has an operating system, which, yes, you're correct. It is Linux-based underneath the behind the scenes, but they <laughs> do stuff to it to make it run the Synology, and they call it the DSM. And the DSM and it comes with stock, a lot of like fairly good stock programs, including a really neat photo program called Moments. Yeah. The idea is you, you if you buy a Synology, and I don't have the expertise to know whether this is even possible or in terms of implementation but the idea is you get a nice synology and you can use it to run your company it you comes could, with yeah. ver- just in the sense that it comes with versions of a version ish of like most of the standard business apps mm-hmm. like there are things like microsoft office there are things like the google um suite what's it called suite yeah g suite home alabama yeah g suite there are things like that there's there's something like dropbox they're trying to cover the waterfront in terms of saying, if you buy our pretty good, pretty rockish, solid-ish hardware, it comes with this pretty great software. So we'll give you all of these apps that do cool things. Plus, if you choose to, you can download community apps, which are you know third-party developed apps. It also has stuff like Docker that enables you to run, what's the term for that? Uh, a Docker container? Container, what's yeah. called? Mm-hmm. So you could basically get, and, and those are, those are uh, the way they are because it's basically an entire system plus the software running as its own sort of instance, sort of, right? Yes, I can explain that in more depth if people are. But you guys, I just want to get across that like, what's neat about this versus just putting six hard drives in a, in a case and making it RAID 5 or whatever is that it's managed in, in a lot of ways. It's, I would say it's almost closer to, nah, it's not like, not like having Linode in your office exactly, but it could be. And then it's, I, I don't want to have to spend all day in the terminal to have Plex, for example, r- just run on here. And that's, that's actually one of my favorite lessons. The number one lesson above all with Synology, got to get it out of the way. Make sure you understand what you're buying. And otherwise, you can very easily waste a lot of money on something that's not what you need because you didn't spend enough and the other one is in my case this is just a, an observation anytime you find yourself using the terminal or you know cli in any way with um synology there are times especially if you're a nerd where you might want to do that but if you find yourself doing that fairly often maybe synology is not right for you or maybe you should look at a different way to solve it because you know most of the software like it's it just I, even with Home Assistant at this point, I mean, basically, I got to open a .yaml file when I want to change major configuration stuff. But other than that, it's all just Legos. It's all just pieces and parts. Uh, and long story short, I'm very happy with uh, the synologies that I've had. I would recommend them f- to people. But uh, this new version of the DSM, mm. I keep wanting to say the name of the psychiatry book but the dsm is uh the beta the beta of uh the dsm 7r uh has been in, in uh, beta for a long time there's a lot to clean up the the look of things uh it tries not to break too many things um i have it installed on one i have six on one and seven on the other so what 
It sounds to me like you're not loving seven. I love what it does. It is now out. It is now, uh, you know, f- fully released. Yes. The problem that I have with it is is that it breaks a lot of things. Uh, that the community packages in particular, it changes the way that it does a number of things that the Synology does. <laughs> Make sure you read the instructions for Plex before you do it. Yeah. Because if you're like me and think you could just fake it, you're going to spend a lot of the next few months either thinking you should reinstall or constantly re-changing the permissions for the Plex user. <laughs> yeah. So there. there there is a way around this and it's beyond the, I yeah. will tell you what it is, it's but a it's a little convoluted, but it's, it's straightforward. Well, what I recommend uh, people do is what the, the ultimate nerds do. Now, if you're, if you're using your Synology primarily for file storage, like you don't have to worry about any of this. None of this matters. You probably don't even need to log into anything, but if, if you're, saying, you're, you're saying as, a, as against like having load bearing applications and like up doing, and running on here, doing stuff. If you're just using it as a big, dumb, big, dumb, smart hard drive, this won't affect you as much. Right. Uh, yes. And that's what I think. Like, I would guess most people are just using it as like, here's a hard drive. We set up the shares. People can just share and store all this stuff. They just throw everything on the Synology, whether they're doing it like in a house or in a company. And you can mm-hmm. do permissions. You can have it like sync up with your permission server, which could be a Windows machine. It could be a, a Linux machine. Syncing, it- syncing is one of its power things, I think. Like, I There's one kind of sync where it syncs from this folder to that folder on a different Synology. Uh, Casey Liss has utilized a thing in the past where you you put a say you put a Synology at your folks' house, you can now back up to each other's. Okay, that's what I wanted to talk about. This is yeah. a thing I wanted to talk about. But it also will about. hook up with Box. Um, I've got it. I've got it backing up all my Dropbox files. I've got it backing up all of my G Suite files. It's it's really neat for stuff like that, and it will mostly just kind of run that way. Yes, and it's wonderful, and it does all of this other great stuff with these supported things. Like you mentioned, it can even host a mail server. It can do mm-hmm. all of this other stuff, and it's all very, very cool. But the new DSM breaks a lot of the community packages because they changed the way that they were doing things. A lot of the dependency applications that those community packages rely on were changed. And so there's a lot that changed behind the scenes and like Plex and stuff like that. But there's a way around that, and this is what I'm going to recommend. Talking about Docker for one second. So Docker is a technology that basically it's a little bit different from running a virtual machine because a virtual machine kind of runs. That's a, yeah, that's a different thing. And I'm doing that for my home assistant. Right, right. So a virtual machine is a little bit different. And that's what that's kind of like what you'll find, like if you're hosting in, in the cloud, like those are usually virtual machines of one kind or another. Let's not get into Kubernetes just now. But you have all of these sort of virtual machines. That's not exactly what Docker is. What Docker does is it basically provides an image that has all of the files and directory structure and supporting libraries and applications that are necessary to run the main application that you're wanting to run. And so it doesn't quite run it virtualized, but it provides all of the... So I guess, I guess the way to say it is I'll use a car analogy. Like in order to have a car, you can't just have a car. You need to have like a road to drive the car on and you need to have a mechanic and a, a, you know, like a shop that can fix the car and give it oil changes and you need oil Mm -hmm. and you need the stuff that makes the oil and you need the tires, but you need the stuff that makes the tires. And all of a sudden you've got like an entire infrastructure to support you driving a car. Imagine if that entire infrastructure could be packaged up into a box uh, or a Docker, then 
run so that you now have a car that you can use. That's what Docker is kind of giving you behind the scenes, all of the supportive infrastructure that you need to do the thing you want to do. You might want to run PostgreSQL. You might want to run uh, SAB NZBD or Plex or one of these other things. But the benefit, the benefit of that is that Docker has access to the rest of the system as well. You can specify give Docker access to this file system with these permissions. Now, this is sounding very complicated. Yes, it is very complicated. It's much but that's more... Com- the, uh, it's other people's work on that that makes it a lot less complicated for you. That's right. You're not having to like compile and build stuff from scratch and everything else. So what this means is... I think even almost like the, the way you buy... This is, this is totally unrelated, but for some reason it reminds me of... There's a company, Weakneys that um, mm-hmm. I bought when I was still buying TiVos, would buy my TiVos from. And Weakneys, you would, or, or Weakneys, or for example, the guy I bought my uh, Blu-ray uh, from, you know, there's like, Weakneys will make you the DVR that you want. Like that doesn't, it can be whatever it is you want. They'll put it together for you. Like the guy I learned about from Snell, I got a, um, an Asus uh, Blu-ray uh, player that he's flashed with a version that plays nice with stuff like Make MKV to give you performance enhancements. I feel like that's almost what we're talking about here, which is like, if you can imagine ordering up, like, I know there's this app I want that does this thing, but I don't know how to make it work. Could you just make, make, just mail me a box that does that? That's kind of what Docker is. Is somebody yeah. made you a box that all you have to know is where to put the box. Right. And it'll and do some basic, else. most basic configuration stuff, like really simple, again, almost YAML-ish, not YAML-ish, but the kinds of things you guess you pull out of a, a profile, but stuff like environmental variables and stuff like that. Once you get set that up once and it just runs, it just runs. And what's really cool about this, and this is the key part of it, is that the Docker is self contained. So mm-hmm. if you were, for example, to install these same applications instead of as like community packages, if you were to install them from within Docker, you'd have multiple Docker instances running for your different things, whether it's Plex or something else. They're running and then it doesn't matter what else goes on. You're not reliant on third parties to update Yeah, they're not the interfering package. with, there's no interference. Or right. And so that's, that's what I had to do for a number of them. But that's not even what I wanted to talk about with this analogy. It's what you already hmm. brought up, which is the whole syncing thing. So um, one of the beautiful things is that it, at, at its heart, this analogy is like, it's a, a giant hard drive that you can put stuff on and it's network connected so that any of your computers will allow you to uh, access this, whether it's Windows or Mac or Linux or Unix mm-hmm. or whatever you have. <clears throat> it works me. pretty well. The, the uh, Do you pronounce it Samba? I call it Samba. Yeah, Samba is... Yeah, the SMB. SMB. Like, basically, it's funny because actually, I guess the Apple uh, AFP... They switched from it? AFP been, to SMB with... Yeah, um, it's been deprecated, so now you use Samba. But it was pretty pretty easy to deal with. Like, I've got... I got, I've got, and then it also has stuff like DDNS. So you can give it like a friendly name, you can get to it from different places, but you know, it automatically mounts uh, on my machine. And also the separate IP that I use for running home assistant with all my config files, that all launches. So I can use BB edit or whatever to edit those. Mm -hmm. It's just all the stuff of, it puts a pretty friendly face on a lot of stuff that I would screw up. I could I would screw up every single part of this, but because there's this great nerd community behind Linux and a great nerd community behind so much stuff in, and again, like you know, you don't have to get into the weeds about what Dan and I are talking about, but just know that like it, it, if you if you will it, it is no dream. 
there's a lot of stuff that you can just with a, literally a couple clicks have running, including these fairly sophisticated backup things, rotations. I back up to my to local USBs to keep my configuration stuff. You could do B2 backblaze to back up your entire um, all your junk. Um, but but uh, but I interrupted you. Your Docker died. Uh, no, no, the Docker's fine. What I was going to talk about was this, the, well, it was the community packages that died and I had to switch. Oh, community. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. Course. Those were, are broken. They're still broken. <clears throat> uh, but it's fine. I'm, I moved it to Docker and it's, it's fine. Which can I, if you can say, uh, was it stuff, I mean like Plex, I've got to just re- start over again with Plex. Yeah. Plex and Sab and CBD, and... which is the big one that, that is kind of the heart of a system like that. Um, that, that's that, not updated. Did that break for you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, a lot of that, the, the R's also, all the R's are, uh, they don't get updates immediately cause you're waiting on somebody else's, you know, packaging up of that right, stuff. Exactly. Um, but, uh, the thing with, oh yeah. So ironically enough, the thing that the, where I'm clobbering and I was warned about this, I even had the presence of mind to take a screenshot, but I did not read like Reddit threads on how to deal with Plex. So I was thought I was being advisable, you know, like I usually am. I go and I manually download the latest, you know, version of this and I manually install it. Yes, that's okay. Click, click, click. But I, I even saw where it pops up on screen. It drives me crazy that you can almost never select text in the interface. It drives me bananas. Yeah. Like you can't copy out a, an IP address. Like it's just maddening. Um, but, uh, but, uh, and so what I didn't realize, I didn't read the thing carefully enough. And you've basically got to uninstall Plex. You back it up, back everything up. You uninstall, if remember, so if you uninstall Plex, then you reinstall it with these certain things. It'll fail. You try again, you do that. And, but then, cause otherwise you, your permissions get clobbered because of the new way that, DSM seven handles permission. Right, so in right. my case, ironically enough, you know what's clobbering it is the sync from this Synology folder to that other Synology's folder. Every time that happens, it clobbers the rights and I have to go back in and reselect that Plex has access to this share. Right. Bad on me. Yeah. Bad very bad on you. The worst. I one. like it a lot. But worst I'll tell so so here's the thing that's really cool. On the one hand, <clears throat> excuse me. On the one mm-hmm. hand, you can just map regular drives. In other words, everyone everyone who's ever worked in an office has seen this. People who've networked with other computers have seen it. It's basically where a hard drive, if you're on a Mac, a hard drive shows up on your desktop. If you're on Windows, it's a, a Q drive or something like that. And on Linux, it would be an NFS mount. You can control or you could do Samba mounts that way too if you wanted. But what's really cool about that is that you can map these different drives. But there's a problem. And that is if you're on something like a laptop, and you have a drive mapped uh, and you go somewhere else or you close it or you move or you do something, it'll disconnect the drive, which is not, mm-hmm. it is not the dream. That's not the dream. Uh, no, and also you have, then you get into one of those things that's not dangerous, but it's incredibly frustrating. Every time you pop open the lid in this, like if, when that, what, what you're describing happens, you get that finder pop up oh, that says d- thus and such drive has disconnected. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Which like, it's not terrible, but it doesn't, and control plane can help with that, but it's not flawless. It can't be, really. You would have to have you wouldn't you have to do uh, what's the thing with Lingen? What's that called? Um Lingenberry uh, Lingenberry? You get your Yeah, toe. no, what's the new uh, the get new version toe. of run with this nail polish. cron job? What's the new version of cron job? What's the new version of cron? It's uh oh, come on. I use cron. I have no idea I didn't know there was a new no, version. No, what's the new one? After anyway, you can make one of those little event things. 
in the weird uh, in the weird little interface. You could probably say, "Is this up?" If it's not, put it up. You could probably do that, but I I don't know. John Syracuse could probably tell us how to do this. Well, but that that is frustrating. The uh, the the thing that is a solution to this is something called Synology Drive, which is a first party Synology package that is part of you know the it is built into the oper- the DSM operating system on the one hand. But this is a client that exists. I know it exists for Mac and PC. I may be probably, maybe iOS, maybe, maybe Linux as well. But basically, this is essentially your own private Dropbox. So it works. Technology in- drive server. Yes, that's what's right. running on the server, and then they, well, one of the one of the known issues with all things Synology is they're terrible and extremely confusing naming and renaming of things. It's very difficult to know whether something exists anymore, and if it does, like, is it? Did, you, did they just change the name to also mean this? Have you run into that? Yeah, the crazy names for yeah. stuff. Yes, Synology yeah. Drive is one. Like that means or has meant so many different things. I know. It's it, but basically what this does is if you install the client, this is your like your Apple Share. This is going to be like your server for sharing stuff with it's, people. Well, no, I, yes. I mean, you can do that, but because then, I guess technically that's a file that's file station technically <laughs> it is. But what this does, that's really cool is it works just like Dropbox. So you have a folder on your hard drive, whether you're on Mac, PC, whatever, and anything that you put in there, regardless of which of the clients that you're putting in that it in there will get synced to all of the other machines that are running that client. So it it is essentially, it is Dropbox. The files live both on your computer and are synced instantly up onto the server and synced instantly onto whatever other computers that you're using. So if you, <clears throat> if you have your laptop and you have your desktop machine at another location and, you know, you, you want those files to sync to each other, but also be essentially copied, backed up, living on the server, on your Synology, it'll do that. And of course, if you have cloud backups enabled on your Synology, then it's pushing them to the cloud too. So it's a really, really nice system and it works exactly like Dropbox. Like you don't need to think about it or know about it. And in fact, if all you're really wanting is to have like all of your files backed up with revisions, you can do that with Synology Drive. It's just a folder on your system. And like any change you make to a file is automatically synced up and Synology saves revisions of those files and you can set the number of revisions. I think the default is eight. And it's like really, really cool in that it's Mm -hmm. your own Dropbox that you don't have to pay anything for. And it's like local storage. And if if you have CloudSync set up, it'll be backing that up to the cloud in one location. So you don't have to have like Backblaze running locally on every computer. You can just have it running on your Synology and it'll back it up and it's a beautiful thing. That's the first thing. But the second thing that I found out that I've, I mean, I knew it was there. I'd never had the occasion to do it before, but it's badass. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you about it is that like you were saying, you can sync Synologies to each other. So you mm-hmm. basically pick the one that you want to be the source. I'm using, in this case, I'm using, um, not hyper backup, but shared folder sync. Is yeah. That what it's called. Yeah. And it's that's, basically our sync with a pretty face. Right. I mean, it's built in. It's, it's not like you have to pay for it. It's built in. So yes. what I'm using this for now is when I want to send files over to my audio guy to edit them, instead of what we've been doing forever, which is like I would put it in Dropbox and and use that, I'm like, wait a second, why am I putting this stuff on my Synology and then making another copy of it and putting it up on Dropbox? So I started <laughs> sharing it from the Synology, which you can do, even though it's like on your local network, you can share. I said, wait a minute, 
And he's like, oh, I have a Synology. I said, we're just going to sync them. So now we have a podcast folder that just gets synced. And when I'm when we're done recording here, I drag the files over to it and I walk away. And then they automatically- Is that also where you would like to store those in the long term? Yes, they stay right there. See, that's 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 cool. I don't have yeah. to make copies anymore. I don't have to move there, stuff around. I just throw it there and it's done. Drop, Dropbox, um, I don't mean to sound unkind because I'm forever grateful for them solving a, a difficult and boring problem in a way that was amazing for years and years. Um, but it can be in wildly inefficient at scale. It's almost like meetings in the sense of being able to waste a bunch of people's time at once. One person drops one thing in one folder and like suddenly a bunch of people are going to open their laptop if they don't have the settings like I've got them set. Like someday let's talk about selective sync and like how much better that's gotten. Yes. Because um, boy, am I all about that now. But I think we've all probably had occasions where somewhere between a, a mistake and a, and, a, uh, and, a, and a prank, if somebody puts a, you know, what, 6, 8, 12, 15, 20 gig file <laughs> into Uh-oh. a folder shared by 50 people. Yeah. That's, think about how crazy that is, yeah. all those people. And like now, and if you're not, you know, if you are just kind of the average bear out there trying to do his or her job, it's not going to occur to you to go run Daisy Disk or, you know, um, one of those things for uh, Omni Sweeper or whatever. Right. Like it's not going to occur to you to go find what big file just filled up your drive. No. Should we be doing that? Should I be doing this with you? Yes. Or is it, is it inefficient? Well, I think about this, and this is no fault of Marco's, but uh, at all. That would be but much better than what we're doing now, I think. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Yeah, okay. um, but like, uh, what, I, what I will frequently do is, in order to listen to something for show notes, uh, like when I get the edit, when Quinn sends the edit of Do By Friday to Alex and me, I will, often I'll be, it'll be nighttime, you know, like Wednesday night, I'll be on my phone. And so I, I go in through files on iOS, Right, go into our Dropbox. I download the file usually there. Yeah, I can also do it straight from Overcast. But in Overcast, there's an ability to upload. I think I think it's a pay feature, but boy, is it ever worth it. Um, but if you just, just if you think about, it, it's kind of nuts that I have to download a file from the internet to my phone. Then I've got to download the f- upload the file from my phone to Overcast. Then I have to pop over to the Overcast app and download it from Overcast again. Again, this is not a a problem or a fault, but that is, in the grand scheme of things, like a wildly inefficient way to handle anything but very small files. Right. And I mean, which now, which now means an under 100 meg file. But yeah, I would not want to be doing that with a lot of stuff a lot of the time. It's also just a lot of stuff that can break. There's just so many places that can break in between. Well, you can uh, onboard me to this. Uh, this this well this so scheme. what's really cool about it is now when i throw those files up there uh-huh. he just they show up on his synology and he has it set so that his client gives him a notification that the files are there oh. he could start working so now but it's he like, doesn't have to keep them forever it doesn't if he deletes them does it does it, it delete well yeah years? it would but he so he does keep them forever which is fine uh, i don't want that i don't want that but that there should be a way a la selective sync to handle that I, you know, for the longest time I put off, so I had learned about selective sync and my, my original understanding of selective sync is now seems pretty Jurassic with what they've done more recently. But with Dropbox, you can go in, if you open up the actual Dropbox app, the sprawling Dropbox app, um, you can go in and say, let me go identify folders I do and don't want you to uh, have show up at all. Right. Like, like I don't, there's this whole folder. I don't even want to see it. 
You know what I mean? Like I, yes. I, I act like it doesn't exist. And that was the original. And you can do that in, in a nested way. So you could go in and say like, okay, in this shared folder, don't sync any of these folders, but do sync at this level in this folder. And that worked pretty well. But that can also bite you in the butt. Like you don't want to lose an entire branch that's got you know some stuff you need in it. And it used to be you'd have to go in onesie twosie and then yeah and approve. But they I don't know when they added this, but there's now a thing where you can say, starting out from scratch, say, do you want me to start out with everything local or everything online or like how do you want to handle this? And if I would always say, well, obviously I want everything to be local. But then you know you start getting a, a, a faster SSD drive that's you know smaller in size you can't have two terabytes of whatever clogging up no, your disk absolutely not and I, I can't believe it took me until like the last few months to discover this yeah but here's what you do so like for example everything i do think there's still a benefit to anything like a podcast having something like an archive folder like meaning a folder where definitely done business can be moved into there and it's not you know you don't have to see it's not it gonna, it's not time. messing up the top level. I feel like the top level of that kind of shared directory should be kept, you know, basically like the waiting room. Like it should be, it should be tidy. Yeah. Um, if you want to get messy in one drawer of your office, that's fine, but I don't want to have to see it. But then all you have to do, like, so I recently I said, like, start everything out with online only. So you get this icon, fairly subtle icon for a folder that's like whited out. But if you right click and say local, everything in that directory now downloads it's it works a charm the yep. only thing I, the only trouble i ever run into is because i'm an idiot and i forget that i have that turned on so if i try to upload something by going in the finder i may not notice that no that's really just an alias for the thing that i haven't downloaded uh -huh, yet yeah. and so it'll throw an error if you're not careful but that is a really good way i think to deal with dropbox sprawl um so synologies are good synologies are good yeah, I'm only running it on the one and not the other. There's some other nice benefits to if you have or use more than one. Um, what do they call it now? It's, there's now an official baked-in thing called... Oh, crap. Uh, view... Uh, no, what's it called? I'm sorry, I am spacing out. It's a new thing for managing a remote... Synology, and they basically talk to each other, and they stay up to date. And I forget what in the hell it's called. It doesn't matter. It's not important, except it will drive me crazy. Uh, other nice things. It's got a, a thing where if you plug in a, a thumb drive, yeah, you can set it to always. It does not handle USB devices exceedingly well. Oh, like where you where you plug in a um, a USB device and it can access it. Yeah, but like. I'm, I must be missing a trick because I, um, one thing I do is like, if I've got some huge media at the, usually the, at the office that I want to bring to the house, you know, if I've got a, if I've got a 4k UHD movie, I just assume that not be something where I'm burning up bandwidth on two different accounts. That's insane. Yeah. So I just bring home one of my little Samsung T7s and just drag it over. Now when that mounts, you you have to tell me if there's a way to fix this. So like for example, like anything you pop in, it's just going to be it's usually called USB share n. So like USB share 1. Mm -hmm. Or like if there's like two partitions on it, it could be USB share 
one one or an N one oh, two. Right. And so that's I, kind I of don't inconsistent, think there's right? A, well, yeah, I don't think there's a way to name them. Mm-hmm. And I've tried. Because yeah. what I what I want, what I ultimately want is something that breaks like two rules of Synology Club. What what I would love to do is have a thing, let's call it uh Media Drive. And when I plug in Media Drive, I want it to automatically move everything from the, this subdirectory, and mine are APFS, from this subdirectory on the USB device to this subdirectory on a share. But there's all kinds of reasons that won't work. I mean, unfortunately, one is that like I don't I don't think it understands the concept of named devices. Maybe if if I use a different BTRFS. Plus CK. <laughs> I don't know. If I use a different format, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but then also there's the, the the problem of like, if I wanted to go to this share over here, uh, it gets confused about who owns it. And like, you can only have one directory sync to this one directory. So that, you know, what I ultimately want is anytime I plug anything in, if you see something called movies, move all uh, copy with skip uh, any of the things in that drive. Anyway, somebody go solve that. Make me a Docker. Bing, you're a Docker. Mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. I see. Um, that's probably enough for now. Yeah. Got to figure out my walls. What's going on? You know what I mean? Why so many towels? Maybe someone, uh, Caroline Um, what? Why are they so wet? I'm sorry. I don't know why they're so wet. Why is John so wet? Why is mm-hmm. Why is anything? This is this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hmm. Bum, ba bum, bum, ba bum. Anything else? I don't think so. Uh, what do we got? Oh, wait, is next week Rabbit Rabbit? Yes, um, yes. I September think... 1st is Wednesday. <gasps> so maybe next week is where we could uh, do something related to Rabbit Rabbit. We could answer questions or we could interview a rabbit and another rabbit. I don't know. They're wiggly. I don't have a thought on very it. Very wiggly. Well, I think they're very. Um, Amy Sedaris attends uh, rabbits. I think they, they have very delicate constitution. That's that that's the plural of constitution. Yeah, no, I was gonna say I'm, I, I just decided arbitrarily. It's pretty good. Constitution. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Pardon me, boy. Is that the constitution? Choo choo. <laughs> we the people. Whoop whoop. Wow. Boy, I should probably lay down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna send this to you on Dropbox. All right. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week for the uh the monthly rabbit rabbit edition of Dan's Back to Work program. I think that sounds uh, great. Thanks to Fireside for you know uh, putting it all together. You yeah, know what I'm for, saying for everything, everything you do. Mm-hmm. Don't need a reason. All right. Um, okay, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin man. <laughs> <laughs>